Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. Last night was the 95th Academy Awards, and it wouldn't be Oscar season if we didn't bring back our old friend, the Duke of Bettingham, David <laughs> Long, to come back and do the download on what was a historical night. Uh, we'll see whether it played for everybody, uh, including the audiences, and you know, see if the numbers went up. I haven't seen mm. any numbers on whether people tuned in, but I think largely the outcome was positive, and we'll see if... Dave, besides nailing two massive bets, <laughs> one from a mile away, I'll let you do your bragging up front, and then we'll talk about the show. So welcome aboard the Duke of Bettingham, David Wong from Is It Worth It? A Film Podcast. How are you, sir? Oh, I am, to be honest, I'm relieved. Um, <laughs> it's been <laughs> it's been a long season, um, and essentially for, for the listeners that don't know me, I've been Team Brendan Fraser for about 10 months. Um, That's insane. And I love I, I, I love uh, Oscars and I, I love betting on the Oscars. And I got some early action, took a price very early, and I've essentially supported him all the way in. And, boy, I got I got nervous, particularly when Butler won BAFTA. I thought that was huge. Um, but we'll probably talk about it in the show that the crossover between BAFTA and Oscars this year was pretty atrocious. Yeah, outside of All Quiet, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in the acting categories, uh, particularly the the crossover was zero, I think. But um, yeah. yeah, so F- Brendan Fraser was obviously a, a a big win, a big relief. You know, it's nice to win some money, but it's also nice to be right as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've made some predictions before that have missed, so it's a little confidence booster, and um, and also Jamie Lee Curtis as well. I managed to get fourteen to one on her Ooh. to win best best supporting actress and and that was simply she won the screen actors guild and one of the uk books didn't update their betting line perfect so i got 14 to 1 on what was a 2 to 1 shot so that was nice and then a big shout out to also mike from mike mike and oscar he was very keen on an irish goodbye um mm. which was even money yeah and uh i had i had a chunk of that i had some losing bets as well cuz elvis did awfully and and i thought it would win a few of the tech categories um, but overall, a profitable Oscars, uh, and I'm 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 mostly relieved. Um, my wallet's relieved, my heart's relieved. Um, <laughs> but there's lots to talk about, lots to break down, and it's always good to talk to you. So looking forward to it. Yeah, let's let's start with the show itself because last year a lot of mm. people thought, you know, outside of the slap, they thought that the slap of a moment of you know of violence, violence <laughs> uh, saved the show and saved the yeah. ratings for what was maybe a, a less successful kind of felt rushed show uh that you know was missing uh what mm. eight awards they did in the pre-show last year i forgot whether it was six or eight um but then they it was six it, yeah either six or eight sorry that's not particularly helpful but it was one of those two yeah <laughs> and then they brought everything back and mm. you know what took place was a show that i felt you know felt a little long and it was long it was like three hours and 40 minutes and i'm sure every minute of that was killing you in the uk being up that late but (laughs) but to me i thought the show flowed particularly well early and then it got Mm. a little slow but i think overall when you're watching in oscars that not only had a lot of movies that a lot of people saw and you can sense the 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 excitement for a lot of particular titles in the room um, but not only that, you were watching history unfold as the night was progressing. So, Dave, overall, what did you think of this year's show, especially as compared to maybe these last couple COVID-affected shows and, and you know, something that maybe was in a slump for quite some time? You know, I thought it was really solid um, is, the, is, the, is the term I would use. Sure. Like, I think Jimmy Kimmel was like... In, in a sports analogy, he was like the manager to come in and steady the ship and, and just be consistent. You know, you w- what you see is what you get with him. He's a supremely confident presenter. Yeah. You know, no sign of nerves. Delivered his jokes very well. Whether you thought they were funny or not is up to you. <laughs> sure. But the delivery was great. Um, it felt polished. It felt slick. Um, there was a lot of adverts in the UK, mm. which I don't recall there being on previous years. I might be wrong. Um, and we we get Sky coverage, not I think it's NBC. Is it you get ABC, over there? ABC, yeah, it's Disney ABC, owned, sorry. which is very 
notable in this particular Yeah, and I understand yeah. you guys saw an advert for The Little Mermaid, which we didn't get in the UK. Mm. Um, we, we cut to just to adverts. It felt pretty polished. I had a few, a few grumbles, one of them being some of the, dare I say, smaller categories. I mean, all Oscar wins are incredible. Sure. But some of what you might call the undercard, people were cut off. Yeah. And that always infuriates me. I can't remember what specific award it was, but they turned the mic off. Someone couldn't speak. Um, And I often think, you know, I don't... That frustrates me, particularly when you have padding that isn't very good. Yeah. It's like, let's celebrate film. Let's get people on the stage. The biggest moment of their professional lives for many of them, and then cut them off. That always winds me up. Sure. Yeah, the Elephant Whisperer thing was, the I think, the toughest one because mm. they cut that last woman off in particular and she really tried to like make her you know stamp yeah. on it regardless yeah. and then they turn around and the next set of shorts which i think was the animated short um they let the two white guys kind of keep talking for whatever it mm. was so it's a bad optic whether purposeful or not is it just didn't look good and yes it always feels yeah. bad to cut someone off in their moment and and that actual cutoff was followed by one of the one of the worst bits of the night, which was where Jimmy Kimmel was asking those questions to people, including Colin Farrell, <laughs> Jessica Chastain. I don't know. I, I kind of think that. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I th- um, that that Nobel Prize winner looked absolutely mortified. You know, um, Listen, when, when not, she was asked, it's not what Glenn Close doing the butt or whatever it was a couple of years ago or whatever. That, like, no, it's, it's, at least it's not that. We're, so it's maybe a lower bar, so maybe I appreciate it mm. on a different level. <laughs> but, um, yes, personal highlights for me, um, I thought Hugh Grant calling himself a scrotum was hilarious. Amazing. Um, and I thought the fact – an interesting thing about James Cameron and um, – uh, old Tom Cruise not being there. Yeah. Uh, the two guys who insisted that we went to the theater didn't come to the theater. I thought that was a good line. Yeah, uh, yeah and then yeah. the co- the the cocaine bear thing. Now I watched Cocaine Bear with my good buddy Craig. Yeah, um, welcome back to the fold, my friend. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, we're we're pleased to be producing content again, and and that film was pretty awful. But I thought that <laughs> Cocaine Bear sketch with the guy in the bear suit was pretty funny for sure um so yeah look i i'd give it like a seven out of ten um i don't know how uh well it's performed we'll have to look at the numbers yeah Uh, and the last thing i'll say i think the screen actors guild being on netflix going forward i think that's huge i think that's really important if we can get people interested in the award season narrative from globes to choice to bafta to sag we can get more people interested in the oscars because that that's the game you know the oscars sunday is great but really the excitement is the six months before oscars sunday where you're building up to it right and then the precursors so if we can get people involved in that i think that'll help um i think it'd be good for netflix as well but their numbers for sag didn't look great on youtube but We'll have, to, we'll have to see. Well, I mean, compared to some other shows, especially like The Independent Spirits and other things like that, I think Night Of, maybe you can question the numbers, from, but from what I heard on The Town, uh, he said, I believe, that it was 1.7 million it's up to on views for the full show on YouTube. So that's not bad, especially when they actually break out the clips for a lot of those to where so Yeah, yeah. So not uh, people maybe seeking out particular moments aren't just clicking on the whole show and then searching for what they need they could do that already and yet the numbers keeps going up but i think the the night of it was maybe like 800 and something thousand which obviously isn't ideal but there's a reason why the show isn't on cable anymore or what have you so we'll see how that progresses i actually have a slightly different because i don't know the more and more i've been paying attention to the oscar race I think there are diehards and people like you and me and people who cover it or whatever that, you know, Mm. love seeing the horse race. But in some respects, I almost liked the the naivete that I had growing up where I didn't know anything but the Oscars. And then you go in the night of and I'm like, I have no idea who's going to win because I didn't know that so and so won the PGA because I was the teenager, (laughs) you know, you know. Yeah picking my boogers and trying to get into college or something. So it's a, it's a very different <laughs> feeling 
you know, where I'm mm. like, God, maybe Goodwill Hunting has a chance to win. And I, and if I knew they had no chance, maybe I'm not watching the Oscars that year. So yeah, it's it's a mixed bag. But that's a whole other show, I think. But like the, the way to solve the Oscars, there's a million things, and part of it is whether we know too much or not is a debatable topic. But mm. as far as the show, I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, I think it was definitely a solid effort, a step in the right direction. I can tell. You know, that this show was for the first time in a long time that it was actually produced and directed by people who do television live events versus a a film director and a film producer trying to create a television product. So it made sense. It flowed better, especially early on. So I think that the show overall worked. And like I said, it always helps when you're following along. And there are some upsets and there are Mm. uh, there is some historical aspects to it but 340 is still way too long i don't know how to to manage it how it would do it but if you know you're in for the night the diehards will always be there but man i really worry about it long term for for the uh <laughs> we're the uh you know the whatever you want to call it the millennial the tiktok generation the whatever like where we're, mm. our attention span is not three hours and 40 minutes let's put it that way but let's see how maybe the numbers come out and maybe there is still hope for this to, to work out so that way it doesn't end up going maybe to a streamer um, instead and can stay on the partnership they have with mm. ABC, at least domestically. Um, but let's talk some uh, loser winners and losers, uh, besides me being a complete loser for uh, getting... <laughs> Getting only 15 out of 23 right, which hurts me. It may sound fine, but like during the COVID years, it gave me such confidence that I knew what I was doing Mm. because all the precursors were so easy. It felt like such a layup to be like, of course, this is going to win. Of course, this is going to win because there wasn't any good races, uh, you know, because there was Mm. less films to parse through. It seemed a lot of, you know. Fate complete, like you knew who was going to win so many things outside of Chadwick Boseman, you would seem like a goddamn genius if you, you're like yeah. an Oscar pundit being like, I got almost all of them, like 20 out of 23 or 22 out of 20, or like, mm. I think also Mike got them all right last year. It's like, yeah, that's because it's, if yeah. you're paying attention, you can get this stuff with precursors mm. and other such things. This year was very much a much tighter race in a lot of key categories and I I want to start first, of course, with um, not your favorite movie. Of course, you're on the record for, but everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, blows mm. away what uh, killed me in terms of the choices uh, with Oscar Puzzle Theory. Not a thing last night. It was a complete steamroll <laughs> for everything, everywhere, all at once, winning seven Oscars, including mm. five of the big six. The most Oscars won since Slumdog Millionaire in 2009, and that's insane that's like silence of the lambs you know one four over the cuckoo's nest level of domination and honestly i liked this movie quite a bit it was one of my favorites of the year but i didn't see this coming and especially from a24 which you know they have a a win on their ledger for best picture but i didn't see this up and down so many times where you're like any close race went to them so did you enjoy, even though you're not the biggest fan of this movie, th- did you enjoy the historical aspect of it or the, the, the steamrolling as the night went on? Yeah, I do love that phrase, steamrolling, because we, <laughs> we talked about that last time and we actually said how it probably wouldn't happen. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it was interesting because when we last spoke, I did say that the biggest threat to everything everywhere was all quiet and, and that proved to be true. Um and before I, I, t- I talk about uh, everything everywhere, I just want to say the way they, the order they presented the, the awards in was very clever. It was. Uh, I must I must give them credit for that because there was a moment in the night where All Quiet shocked in production design, uh, which was a big shock because it was like 10 to 1. That yeah. was very hard to predict from the precursors and just almost impossible. I'd be shocked if many pundits had that on their ballot. Yeah. Uh, And then it won score. And suddenly people were thinking, well, hang on a minute. This is, you know, is, is an upset on and it was exciting. And then of course, once you got to the end of the show, everything everywhere did just steamroll. Yeah. Um, Look, I, I have seen people be so passionate about this movie Mm -hmm. and love this movie. um, And I love to see that. And also I think, uh, Michelle Yeoh, um, Ki-Hu Kwan, 
their speeches at the Screen Actors Guild and then at the Oscars were tremendous. Yeah. Um, the Jamie Lee Curtis narrative, which I will touch upon again later, is a strange one, but again, you know, it's it is what it is, right. and it was. Look, it, it's a popular film. You look on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics liked it, the audience loved it. Film Twitter was obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, it was certainly divisive, but look, if it's good for film, it's good for me. Do you know what I mean? And sure. People love this movie. And just to put on the record, I'm deeply saddened that I didn't like it, and I will give it another go. And the more I think about it, the less I dislike it, <laughs> um, because I do think that final third is is very good. It yeah. was just the first two-thirds of the movie that I struggled with, but maybe with fresh eyes and a, and a more open mind i can re, re um readdress it sure but yeah it was it was it was incredible really seven wins you know that's that's impressive as well and to win picture director actress editing you know this is like well steamrolling stuff yes yeah, exactly you know historic historic and uh yeah you know it's weird off the tongue to it feels closer to like the feeling of Slumdog Millionaire, which is a movie that I liked but didn't love, than it does to like, wow, it's uh, you know, something along the lines of a silence of the lambs or one flew over the cuckoo's nest, which, you know, time has been very favorable as well as the moment to be like, Wow, mm. this is a borderline masterpiece. Uh so I think it's just a very different vibe with me at least of seeing it go i'm happy for them i'm happy with a lot of them i agree with you that uh k huquan very early just got to everybody and just you know knocked it out of the park um you know it's (laughs) i do love the uh the fact that you know the most emotional people you know brendan fraser and 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 k huquan Two veterans from a long time, my childhood. Um, shout mm. out to Encino Man; they were both in that same movie <laughs> yeah, uh, together. Yeah, I've seen that reference, yeah. But the uh, you know, it's. I was very happy for them in that way. Uh, I don't have the same affection for Fraser as I do Kehu Kwan, um, because you know uh, we're basically like the same age, and I, I'm a huge Indiana Jones guy and all that stuff. So, it, it, yep. and Goonies and whatnot. So that that's literally it's like sentimental. Some people who are maybe a little younger than me and love the Mummy or whatever, and grew, yeah. more in that generation, that there that's a little off me a little, but you know. It's it's a good thing. It felt very interesting in a night where I felt like the the stars were not there, and and it felt very much a new generation style movie. But yet I'm seeing you know stars from the 80s and 90s now finally getting their due, which felt a little mm. little odd in the same breath. But both of those things have one thing in common, and that is a24. And now yeah. I, I think. A lot of people didn't think that A24 maybe had this in them, like uh, to run a extremely strong campaign and to to completely dominate on a night. It always felt like they never felt like the Merrimax feeling where it's like, oh, they're an indie, but they're going to kill the Oscars. You know, mm. it, it felt they always felt like, you know, just outside of that, maybe a few notches down where like they could compete, but they're not going to be some massive thing. And then they just crush between. You know, the only award that, you know, everything everywhere all at once wasn't a contender in was Best Actor. And then an A24 movie, The Whale, wins it instead. So mm-hmm. they really, really dominated in a way that I was not expecting. Is that something that you're you're amazed at, too? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've just been thoroughly impressed with A24 for, well, as long as I've been doing the podcast, you know, four or five years uh, behind the mic and reviewing films. I just think the the quality of their... Um, films they put out there, the quality of their marketing campaigns, the way they cut trailers, the way they promote their stuff. So yeah, I and it, but it is surprising, you know, the four acting categories all to go to A twenty four. That that would be very hard to predict at the start of a season, you know, almost impossible, really. Yeah. Um, on the night, it was always a possibility. Um, the two that were up more up in the air uh, for me were Jamie Lee Curtis and, and Brendan Fraser in The Whale. The other, the other, Yo and Ki Kwan for me were pretty much locked in. I was very confident with Michelle Yo for a long time. 
I just well, believe that makes in that one narrative. of us, buddy. <laughs> I um, picked Blanchett like almost uh, all the way because I was like, "There's no way they're just going to win all of these," and I was completely wrong. Yeah, but but the thing is, is I'm adamant. You know, I would bet house, home, car, everything that Blanchett will be nominated again. Oh you know, yeah, I, completely. I, I you know what is she now? I think eight time nominee, two time winner. She's going to get double digit nominations. Um, right. She'll have. She's she's an astounding uh, actress. She, she'll have opportunities galore. Oh, she's Michelle the new Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Michelle Yeoh. Don't get me wrong. She she's brilliant. And and I did like her performance in this. You know, there's some scenes that are really powerful. But I wonder, will she have another opportunity to 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 win an Oscar? I wouldn't have thought so. So that was the narrative I went with. Um, but yeah, for A twenty four, I mean, they'll be absolutely delighted. Right. And but. It's interesting you say like, well, may probably not have that opportunity again as like the narrative. But all they kept eating at me was, yeah, that's what we said when Frances McDormand won instead. Like, we thought, no way she's going to win a third. That's insane. Mm. Why would she win? And then she won for Nomadland. And it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, how about happy about it? Or how about Chadwick Boseman will never get a chance again because he's deceased. And then yeah. you give it to Anthony Hopkins. So this new Academy, I had no idea, but here's the thing, mm. David, that I think is apparent. I don't think in the last few years that this new Academy did the homework. I don't think they watched a lot of movies. I think this year they watched a lot more movies. And I think that's why mm. you saw the nominations as they were. And then now it's why you're seeing a certain few movies really dominate because they came to a consensus because they did the homework. I mean, in past years, you there is easily a moment where you could go, everything, everywhere, all at once came out in April. It's a smaller movie. It's A24. There's no way that it's going to go mm. the distance. And oh, now yeah. this gets thrown to the wind now. Uh, like mm. the past two years, Coda was in Sundance in February and then came yeah. out on Apple in August and no one blinked an eye. There was no big fervor for that when it landed. Mm. There was no big number and they both went the distance and now have won best picture. And you can't mm. even say the streaming thing anymore because now A24 won a bunch of awards. So now mm. that script is flipped. There is nothing to really hang your hat on except for now looking at the last few precursors in the guilds. Would you agree with that? Mm. I totally agree. Um, you made some some brilliant points. The, the first one about um, the narrative, it's interesting because I actually said on Mike, Mike and Oscar the exact points you've made, you know, if may you rest in peace, but if Chadwick Boseman can't win with that narrative, yeah. It, yeah. It, it is very hard to run with the Michelle Yeoh narrative, but I ran with it anyway, and it proved to be right, I think. Maybe right. they just preferred the performance. I don't know. I but guess. something else you said last time we chatted, and I thought this was brilliant, um, I mean, what you say is always brilliant, Andrew. But <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. But, but uh, particularly this, you, you said about, you know, you look at historically, we love to you know crunch the numbers and look at the crossovers and all the stats, but the Academy is changing. Yeah. So looking back at all those numbers from the past isn't necessarily helpful because we've seen, and as you're highlighting, the Academy's changed drastically you know, over the last few years. I mean, some people would say maybe it's not gone far enough. But if you were to say, like you like you pointed out a, a year ago, that a, a, an A24 film with a relatively small budget um, is going to take on a Steven Spielberg <laughs> life story. Yeah. And it's going to win. And one of them's going to win seven Oscars and the other one's going to go home empty-handed. Everyone is hanging their hat on Spielberg and the Fableman's winning seven. David, not to like, cut you off, but do you remember the narrative like right before the Oscars last year where they were like, I don't even know why we're having an Oscars this year because Babylon's going to win everything. Do you remember that I, for months? I, I That's all we heard? Well. <laughs> yeah. I, How'd that work out? And it's, <laughs> badly. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's Justin but, Hurwitz. Uh, Poor bastard. I was, yeah, and, and yeah, I will touch on that because that's in itself a bit insane. But I remember last year when I finished my road to the Oscars looking at the cast of Babylon, the production values that we'd seen photos of and the the, the release date and just thinking this is going to steamroll in the Oscars. And, yeah. it, and it flopped at the box office, which was pointed out to the biggest groan of the night. And yeah, while we're on it, for Babylon to lose score was 
I wasn't surprised at all because for me it was the best score of the year. Right. And also the it it, it should have been a very short betting favorite. Yeah. But it really wasn't. It was like so weak in the market. I thought that just stinks. There's no confidence. Yeah. Then I heard on other podcasts from people who'd spoken to Academy members that essentially the film wasn't very popular. So I could see it getting beat. I didn't think, but I, it's hard, it's hard to say that, you know, Babylon's going to get beat, particularly when it was used in an Oscars advert. Yeah. The score I know. was used to advertise the Oscars. It's like, your score is good enough to advertise our award show, yeah. but not good enough to win it. Yeah. You know, it's um, almost like a new Hollywood, old Hollywood thing, right? Where it's like you got Babylon that's celebrating the silent mm. era, going into sound era, all this stuff. You got Spielberg, who's a legend on another side. No one gave a shit about those movies, or at least as far as the <laughs> outcome uh, would tell you. And then all of a sudden, new Hollywood, A24, and I'll, mm. I'll get to Netflix in a minute. Netflix having a pretty solid night as well. Obviously not in the the the, the big five, as it were, big six. And yeah. but. You know, a lot of awards given out to them. Newer studios cleaned up while notably absent. You don't see Jack Nicholson at the uh, at the place. Tom Cruise is not there. You mentioned James Cameron's not there. Uh, you know, I heard uh, Denzel Washington and Spike Lee went to the, the basketball game locally in Los Angeles and didn't come <laughs> to the Oscars. All while, you know, A24 and Netflix cleans house. Mm. I, I, you know, it's a, it's a odd narrative to think about, and it could just be a one-off, but it is interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, before we move on, I think it'll be interesting to say. I wonder if it will, if the pendulum will swing back the other way. Yeah. What do I mean by that? I mean, in the last few years, we've seen Parasite, we've seen Coda, sure, we've seen everything, everywhere, all at once. You know, with films like Martin Scorsese's The Killers of the Flower Moon coming out, is it going to swing back and sort of We'll go back and play it a bit old school. Sure. Or is this like a new era now, a new age? Because you've only got to look. Spielberg, The Fablemans, zero Oscars. You know, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, zero Oscars. Yeah. You know, two films that if I pitched you on paper, you're going to be saying these are going to win Academy Awards. So yeah. something is changing. It's just a case of is this permanent or is is it going to swing back the other way? Well, we'll find out with Killers of the Flower Moon, won't we? I mean, between that yeah. and uh, between that and Maestro, I'm very interested yes. on those two movies how they play because if mm. you look at last night, look who got shut out. Fablemans got shut out. Mm. Tar got shut out. You know, a critic's darling. But you know what the the commonality between those are? They bombed at the box office. Nobody saw the damn movies. So, and also. You know what? Yeah. What did we say last year, David? What was your favorite thing that I said about the competition nope. between Coda and the power of the dog? Nobody likes a bummer. Nobody likes a bummer. Guess what? Everything, everywhere, <laughs> all at once is. It's awesome. It's a multiverse yeah. kung fu crazy yeah. town movie. People loved it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and, Top Gun hmm. was right there and winning a war. And, you know, the only outlier of, like, winners, I mean, it's probably all quiet, but you could just hmm. basically say people watched it because it was yeah. on Netflix for months on end. So yeah. yeah, it's about putting the movies where the people are, mm. seeing the movies, and then also in the last few years, celebrating something that doesn't make them feel like trash. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, you look at essentially the main threats to everything everywhere. The Bantries of Inishir, and I said on my uh, podcast that I did last week with Craig, made me feel truly awful. Um, <laughs> right. You know, like it didn't it, for it, me, but I get the idea. It is a bummer towards the end. Sure. Oh, I, f yeah. you know, I want to revisit it compared to something like in Bruges that's dark, but there's, there's light relief. Sure. That was just dark beyond measure. And then you've got all quiet on the Western front, which is an analysis of the futility of war. Right. In one of the, in world war one, which was an absolute nightmare of a war where people would spend months and months and months in the trenches fighting over yeah. land and, and and often in six months they they'd gain a hundred yards of land yeah you know absolutely futile and this so, one yeah, in particular you... david i mean not to cut you off but like oh, this one was a car crash because you're watching some one person just going nope we're not going <laughs> to quit and then just literally sending people to their death so yeah, yeah, you want to talk oh, about yeah. darkness, and yet it still seemed to work work over at least on the guild side, like the 
below the line side. And then, like you said, box office is important as well. And look, I don't know how much impact film Twitter has on anything, but there was a lot of buzz <laughs> around just lost this followers. movie. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I, I mean, I we, I, I know I get caught in that bubble. I, I, I read the same people's articles. I see the same people tweeting. Yeah. And I, I know how much impact are they having? How much of a reflection are they on the wider film watching community? But yeah, nobody likes a bummer. And I do worry about Killers of the Flower Moon. I have no doubt it'll get a lot of nominations, but it'll be interesting when we talk this time next year to see if it's got, you know, eight nominations and one win. Yeah. Or if it's a genuine... And and last thing I'll say on that is it's it's like three and a half hours. I know. You know? I know. Cut the damn movie, Marty. Come on, just edit <laughs> it a bit. Yeah. You know, well... And I love his work, but they're just... They're going like... He's going hell long now. He's... That, all in, you know. But that's across the board, David. I mean, like, there's so much power in a lot of these. If you're a franchise or a legacy director, you could basically do whatever the hell you want because of the threat <laughs> of, like, oh, you want me to uh, cut my movie? You want to do this? Cool, I'll just take it to the streamer down the street who will pay twice what you yeah, pay yeah. or what have you. So there's a lot of power in certain positions in Hollywood mm. more than maybe it has been in past years. But, yeah, no, I agree. It's... It, Gosh, yeah. I mean, what we're because I think I'm staring John Wick four in the face, where that's going to be almost three hours, and then probably Oppenheimer is probably going to be close to three hours, and we're just going to go through this every single year, and I wonder when that's going to switch. <laughs> but again, to to the point of everything, everywhere, all at once, you know what probably goes to the top of the pile? A fun movie that's about two hours or less. Yeah. How about that? So, and this again, Coda was the same thing. It was like a hundred minutes, and mm. it wasn't a bummer. It was an uplifting, you know, triumphant family story. And what Less is this? Is and what is this? An uplifting, you know, triumphant, triumphant family, family story. story. Yeah. That's fun. So, yeah, it, it's it's if you want to see some narratives going, that feels like there's some narratives to be said in those regards. So, real quick cuz I know you have some stats for me too. Let's do the Netflix thing real quick. Mm-hmm. Um big night for them. Netflix and All Quiet, six wins on 14 noms across the board with All Quiet winning four, including international feature, cinematography, production design, and score, with some of those being, like you said, key upsets of ones that we thought were going to go the other way. Um, They, of course, won for Elephant Whisperers uh, in Doc Short, which they always have something. I completely forgot that that was on Netflix, and that's why I lost that one. That killed me. I was like, you dummy. This is the... (laughs) This is this is the short version of Octopus Teacher. At some point, you just got to be like, "All right, that's on me. That's not on the Academy. I should know and, better." And it was by the now. favorite in the category as well. A favorite of, and it was a Netflix. That was like a yeah. slam dunk on your ballot. I know, I know. I'm I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, I I went the other way, but at least I of the other shorts, I I I won out. So that's that's pretty good. Um, but the um, what was the other win they had? Oh, Pinocchio. So like and yeah. Pinocchio won as well to to round out the six. And to me, the first thing I thought was, yeah, this is what happens when they can focus on like one or two movies and they can really put the strength of their marketing behind it. Mm. Cause six out of fourteen, that's the best they've ever done. Usually their nominations are in the twenties and they win like two. Yeah, no, and that's that's exactly what my um my stats show, and I, I actually dig these out of a, a Google Doc from last year, and mm-hmm. um, when we talked about Netflix, um, previously before um tonight, Netflix had won sixteen Oscars out of one hundred and sixteen nominations, um, and it you know it had mounted a really aggressive award season campaign, um, but last year that didn't pay off. Um, it won one Oscar out of twenty seven nominations. Yeah, you know, a three point seven percent conversion rate i mean that that was a, a really bad year yeah. last year uh for netflix but like you said this year they win international feature film with what i think was one of the best films of the year yeah um they won animated feature with again gilmaro de torres pinocchio uh, probably one of the best certainly the best film of the year in that genre but probably in my top 10 of the year period and in your realm um, the strongest bet of the night probably as well because it killed everything. oh yeah that was I mean, it was a it was a kind of price where you had to bet five hundred dollars to win ten dollars. Oh, Jesus um, Christ! So like a thousand bucks to win twenty bucks, but right. it was like it was like bet house win teapot. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
better than interest rates, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, right. that was like as good. There's no such thing as a good as a done thing in any betting, but that was pretty slam dunked. Um, yeah, six out of sixteen, um, which was a thirty-seven percent conversion rate this year. That was great. And overall, Netflix are twenty-two wins out of one hundred and thirty-two noms which is a 16% conversion rate. So historically, Netflix are now converting 16% of their nominations to trophies. This year, they converted um, 37.5%, so double and a bit more. So it was a great year for Netflix. So yeah, um, I was thinking though, if I was paid an extortionate amount of money, (laughs) uh, which would be nice, um, and asked to create a team of people to win netflix best picture you would of course be one of the first people i'd call but (laughs) how would i do it and the answer is i don't know um i don't know how netflix win best picture and i think the reason they haven't won best picture if you look at their wins almost none of them uh, are in major the the major categories of picture director actor screenplay editing and score yeah i have the stats and they're staggering yeah yeah i mean Um, yeah, you know, especially Marriage Story, I thought was their best chance at getting like acting. Uh, no, you know, yeah. and they got uh, Laura Dern obviously won yeah. that year, but I thought Adam Driver had it, and uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson I think was going up against herself at one point, or you know, she had, <laughs> or she had multiple nominations on the night between that and Jojo yeah. Rabbit. So you thought like, okay, maybe the momentum's in her favor. No, so that's when mm. it was really strong on the Netflix yeah. side. I wonder if now, because the streamers are cutting back, that maybe it's gonna that that kind of narrative might come back a little bit too, where it's like, ah, Netflix is just like everybody else now, you know. So let's let's not judge the movies on that merit, and especially if the Academy gets bigger and younger, you would think the yeah. Netflix thing would soften as time progresses too. But who knows? I, I don't know. A strong night for them, just because these two categories international feature and animation are two that they've really concentrated on as a company very much so in the last few years Mm. and it finally paid off so if i'm them i think they really should be over the moon about what they got even though all their chances at best picture that they thought was going to happen like glass onion or white noise didn't Mm. happen uh, so th- to get their third choice in and to get a bunch of wins, I think they're they're probably very happy with themselves. Yeah. Uh, quick question for you. Did you – I sensed there was a – I don't know if it was an anti-Netflix vibe, mm. but there was two occasions in the awards ceremony, maybe even three, Yeah, where people said something on the lines of, we watched films in cinema where they're supposed to be, or you've gone back to the cinema where films need to be watched. And it was like right. – Oh, I, I don't know. That just did, did you sense that as well? Yeah, they've been doing that for years, though. So, I mean, uh, but the proof is in who wins. It's like there's mm. a difference between, you know, again, a lot of it you're hearing it from longstanding people who are seeing not only a financial issue with Netflix, where it's like, oh, we're buying out your back end. You're not making money for long term stuff. That's with every streamer now. Um, but you know, there's also the I want to be a big time movie star with people piling in the seats and and the money coming from that revenue. There, it's mm. just you know they want that tradition to live on. So, and I, I'm not against it. Obviously, I'm at the theater almost every week. So, you know, and honestly, yeah. uh, to start the year, I think I've seen three or four Netflix movies in the theater already. So it's not like they're not in there. It's just short bursts, you know, where they do a, a week or two run and then go from there. And then they own their own movie theaters in a couple of locations in New York and LA. So, you know, they're not completely anti. In fact, like Ted Sarandos and other people are like, you know, Stuber, all of them are like big cinephiles and have their own thing. But no one's going to you know, feel bad for them because they're this huge entity that, you know, buys up a lot of their stars when they need them. And so you're going to get angry. So it's all a game. They were losing at the game. Now the game is kind of leveling out because not only did Netflix not win a lot of Oscars over the years, especially in the big categories, especially with best picture. Mm. And then now it seems like every major studio has a streaming component. So, you know, what are we all doing here? We're all, just going for scraps (laughs) support everything that makes you money how about that you know so Mm. 
you know, everybody's gonna everybody sucked off Top Gun Maverick, and then <laughs> and then Tom Cruise doesn't show up to your ceremony, and then you only yeah. gave it one award. So, who are you supporting? Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that Everything Everywhere All at Once was a surprise hit that did make money. It made above a hundred million dollars. That's great. That's awesome. But you know, and, and but Avatar wins like one, Top Gun wins one, and it didn't seem like there was this big celebration for the fact that they made a truckload of money that brought mm. people back into theaters that weren't, you know, part of the MCU. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we should all just be happy that we're all making money. We're all seeing good movies. Scream and uh, Scream sequel and Creed three made over fifty million dollars a piece in back to back weekends. We're back, baby. Stop fucking complaining and just <laughs> let's do this. Celebrate across yeah. the board. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, like, I, I, I literally it's a, it's almost a, a a phrase for the episode. What's what's good for cinema is good for me. You know, I'm happy with it. Sure. And and I and I don't think cinema just has to be the cinema. You know. If, if more people are watching more movies at home, then that can only be a good thing, in my opinion. Sure. Um, it's just those those numbers in the above-the-line categories for Netflix are awful yeah. in terms of converting, other than director, where it's 50% four noms, two wins. Yeah. Actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, editing. Other than Laura Dern, it's just not one in those categories. Yeah. Um, so that's what they need to address. Um, but, but it's you would also think- really hard to win. It's really hard. I, I it's know, so circumstantial. You, you would think that people can watch films on Netflix, especially Academy members that maybe don't watch everything. Oh, sure. Like that, you know. Yeah, um, they're hypocrites. They all have subscriptions. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a giant thing. They're not going, oh, And they're probably man. shareholders as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and, then, and because any major producer has done stuff for them, are you kidding me? Does hmm. anyone hate, like, Sean Levy because he made a – truckload of money from doing a bunch of movies with ryan reynolds for the last few years on netflix yeah no no one cares marty did it stop it stop it everybody yeah exactly yeah and he's doing it again with apple fincher has a multi-year deal stop it the old guard is fine with it be fine with it anyway so i'll get off my soapbox (laughs) but but i thought overall a much better night a lot of the jokes Mm. did land even though you said uh, a lot of groans i just think if, it, if they could get it shorter and a little more fun, I think we'd have a, a really good time mm. on our hands. I have no problem with last night. So I've t- seen some grumpy reactions to it. I don't fully get that. Um, oh, really? On, on what grounds? Well, I mean, my favorite uh, movie podcast, uh, The Big Picture, they seem kind of like, eh, about the whole thing and, and had a lot of complaints and didn't think it was very fun. Um, and I, I disagree for the most part. Do, do mm, Not everything is going to be for me, and I will fully admit that. Did I think they botched uh, the Lady Gaga performance? Sure. That should be a grand thing. I don't know how that got down to where she's doing, as they called it, VH1 Storytellers. It's very funny. Uh, but, like, <laughs> it was. She was like she woke up, you know, and, and, and put on a, a quality singing performance. But was it spectacled? No. You know, it's like no, a. It was, it, it's low. It was the it's, most stripped. Yeah, yeah sorry ahead. to interrupt. It was the most stripped back performance I've ever seen from Lady Gaga. For sure. You know, she arrived in this incredible dress with a face full of makeup, which was then removed, and she was wearing almost like actors' blacks. You know how you rehearsing yeah. in the, in the theater, completely stripped back, and then the camera was so close to her. Yeah. It was like, oh, that was just weird. It, it yeah. was like. Zoom out, man. Give us some perspective. <laughs> it was just, it was literally like right in her face. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, they zoomed way out for Rihanna. I don't know if out of respect for her doing their second public performance as a pregnant woman, I guess that's yeah. fine. But they zoomed way out <laughs> to, to mm. show everyone on stage for that. But they, yeah, they were right up Lady Gaga's nose. And the only thing that was weird about that is just contrast to compare with Shallow being a few years ago where that was yeah. you know stripped down and very intimate but that's two people really making a a, a, a masterpiece out of the moment the, yeah. this was yeah. just her just vamping uh, a bit, uh, like yeah it felt very just slapped together sure, sure. Mm. especially for a big but movie think, like Top Gun Maverick <laughs> you know yeah because Top Gun Maverick is that ludicrous loud in your face yeah. brash and and you watch the music video, it is crazy. You know, there's planes flipping and there's, yeah. it, 
you know, it's just great craziness going on. So it was, it, it was a bit odd, but I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it felt very polished in the sense that it was obvious it was directed by someone used to presenting shows or ceremonies as opposed to... Yeah. If you remember the COVID year, do you remember how cinematic they tried to make it? Yeah. With all the camera angles and the way they were moving the camera. Yeah. It was all a bit like, what the hell's actually going on here? Are we presenting awards or are we trying to make a you know, a, a, a film about the Oscars? It was all a bit odd. We'll have to yeah. see how the numbers do. Um, and also, we may have to accept that the Oscars and award season just isn't as popular as it used to be. Why oh, that is... We have, of course, yeah. You know, why that is... I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to get my tinfoil hat on and and deep dive into it. But you know, I love it. You well, love it. Your listeners love it, and that's really what matters. You know. Well, Dave, because they're all again like everything else. They're trying to hold on to old numbers, old ways. Like we're gonna. Mm. This is on ABC. There's no streaming component, so they're lo- relying heavily on people tuning in mm. and having cable or or have some way to watch it and. Yeah. You know, at some point that has to change, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, the audience isn't with them. I mean, is it I mean, we're seeing record numbers with Avatar and Top Gun and all these other movies. And yet we're all still going, ah, you know, nobody likes movies anymore. So the Oscars <laughs> are dying. Bullshit. They're just sick of certain types of movies. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. some of that classic Oscar bait movie. But when it works, yeah. it works. And. If anything, we saw everything everywhere has proven that way, way too many times over this past mm. year between how well it did at the box office and now how well it's doing it in Oscar season and award season in general because it's mm. it killed in the last few with the guilds. So, you know, I, I think the movies are in a great position to start the year. We went through, you know, uh, Dumpuary where we got like. <laughs> a bunch of movies that are just genre fair, and they all did really well. Megan did well. Like, there are certain things yeah. that people will show up for, and they're just sick of what was out probably in the last few years, you know? Because, mm. again, maybe it just wasn't as solid. 2019 was a great year, and I felt like, you know, between Parasite, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like, that was a great year. For, I love yeah. Ford versus Ferrari. I don't give a shit about anybody else. Like, there's a, you know, there's a bunch of great movies. The, that 10 is a great 10. This I year, agree. you know, it's it's interesting if you want to talk about, everybody always says, oh, well, if if this was, you know, 1999, what would be the five, <laughs> what would be the five movies instead of the 10? I think they told them because- they're of the ten movies that were up for Best Picture. What, like three of them, four of them won awards? Mm. Well, Maybe five went home. Five went home empty-handed. Yeah, Banshees, Elvis, Fableman's Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. Um, and the weird thing is, is you look at those five, and those are the five traditional Oscar movies that you know. <laughs> yeah. That's and, what I'm saying. Changing the of the guard, the David. They're sick um, of the old Oscar Beatty bullshit. And part of the Netflix thing is that Netflix, they've been churning mm-hmm. out nothing but Oscar Beatty bullshit because they want Oscars. So, oh, yeah. I mean, do you remember in terms of Oscar Beatty bullshit, that Glenn Close film, Hillbilly yes. Elegy? Uh-huh. Good yeah, it's the worst offender. God. Yeah. I mean, that was, I remember, I remember seeing the trailer for that and thinking, this has literally been made to win awards. There's yep. no other reason for this film. And then I watched it, and it was awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, and maybe that's a good thing. I think people, like you said, they want to be entertained. They want to be uplifted. You know, I'm I'm not saying that deep, heavy films, there isn't a place for them. I love them. They're my sure. favorite kind of movies. Yeah. But, yeah, and it's, it's always interesting, and I'm fascinated to see what happens next year, where the Academy goes, because um, it is changing, and I think, that's evident in the winners that are coming out of it. Yeah. You know? And listen, by your your guess of Fraser 10 months <laughs> before the Oscars happened, I think everyone should now put their money on Bradley Cooper because that's your man now, right? Well, I think for next year, uh, look, that that Bradley Cooper bio, bio, biopic, biopic is going to tick a lot of Academy boxes. He's overdue an Oscar. Um I thought A Star Is Born was robbed in award season in general, not particularly at the Academy Awards. Yep. Uh, I think that film's aged well. I think the soundtrack's aged well. I loved it. Um, so I think it'll be bang there. Um, two early bets. 
Bradley Cooper and Coleman Domingo, and I think they'll both be nominated um, come Oscars next year. For sure. Um, and I'll, I'll I'll be doing a bit of research, but um, yeah, that that's the two that spring to mind: Bradley Cooper and Coleman Domingo. In a year's time, we'll have to see if one of those wins. Because if they do, I'll be uh, uh, richer than I already am, which is not very. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm richer than I was 24 hours ago and happier because I was bloody nervous. And I'll be shocked <laughs> if Margot Robbie doesn't get her due for Barbie if it goes that way too. Um, she, this time last year, when I did my Road to the Oscars End of the Road, I was running with that narrative. Like Margot Robbie for me, was going to get nominated for Babylon. She'd have a great chance. She's an astonishing actress. Totally. Um, so, yeah, I think I think she'll be involved as well. Um, I need to have a little break, but I will be diving in. And as soon as the betting markets are open, I'll be involved. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we look forward already. to that, man. Uh, it's always great to talk to you uh, the day after the Oscars. I think we covered everything pretty well. Um th- RIP to Elvis, which really tanked my, uh, you know, my boards, especially because mm. everybody kept saying, you know, there's so many old people in the Academy that there's no yeah. way Elvis is going home and, you know, empty handed. And, and it just didn't work out. And like you said, Banshees, mm. Fableman, Tar, they all went home without awards. So to try and love sadness. So if you're a best Babylon picture winner, well. that doesn't help you that much when one just completely dominates. So. We'll see if the narrative changes for next year. Uh, we'll see if things like the Golden Globes and BAFTA and things like that actually matter uh, anymore mm. next year um, and in the coming years. But for right now, thank you so much for coming on. Tell the people where they can find you uh, to know where and who to bet for going into the next year and where to find your excellent podcast that's coming back around. Yeah, firstly, thanks, Andrew, for having me on. Love you. Love the show. Always a, a, a good uh a good chat and a funny chat and I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do, um, do follow me on Twitter at one David long. Um, I talk a lot of nonsense, but I do like films and talking about films and betting on films. So come join me there. Uh, and our podcast is called, is it worth it? The film review podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter at film is worth it. Uh, me and Craig, um, a big shout out to Craig. He got married in October of last year. So we had about nine months away from the mic. Um, but we are back and we're going to be pumping out, we think, sort of a once a month show, reviewing everything uh, we can in terms of what's been in the cinema and what we think's worth seeing. I'll be doing Road to the Oscars as well, um, hopefully starting that in sort of September time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't do it this year, um, but uh, that will hopefully be back. So, yeah. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Uh, if you like listening to me, then come and uh, follow me on Twitter. And if you didn't, well, uh, no refunds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Take your giant wins, uh, winnings on Brendan Fraser and JLC, and then see you at the track sometime soon or <laughs> what have you. Oh. Enjoy your horse festival and all that that you, you got going on. And uh, get some sleep because a very late night for you as well. Get back into that nice uh, sleep rhythm that we all crave and never get uh, this time of year. Thanks again to David. Uh, Go out and subscribe to Is It Worth It? Subscribe to us. Give the five-star reviews. Support these great indie podcasts that cover things like the Oscars every single year. And be sure to come back next week for more recent activity.